only one right But I got news for you today That it still takes the old time way I don't wanna live life on the edge I'd rather live where the Bible says Welcome to another edition of Two Peas on a Pod, Why I Believe series. We're glad to be coming at you on this Thursday morning. Hope and pray that your week has been good so far. And if you're like me, Thursday is the last work day of the week. And I'll be off starting tomorrow through Sunday. So I always enjoy Thursdays at work. We call Thursday Friday. So today is Friday because we're going to be off for the rest of the weekend. So I hope you're all having a good week so far, and we're excited to be coming back to you again with another special edition podcast on the Why I Believe series, and today we're going to be talking to you about convictions, having convictions, and we do apologize, we've got a little bit of background noise going on, and it may go away in a little bit, depending on how warm it gets, because we got a little heater going, Brother Austin, where it's cold in here. Yes, it is. It's like in the teens outside, <laughs> in like six inches of snow. I don't know when this episode will be released. Probably not till later on in the year, but right now it's cold. Yes, it is. Very and cold. And there's snow outside the door, and we're over here in Austin's little office. So it's either background noise or jawbone Teeth chattering. So I guess we'll take the background noise, and like I said, it may go away. It's just a little space in here, so it warms up quickly. But anyway, we want to talk to you today about convictions, having convictions. You know, it's important to have convictions if you're going to be a child of God. Now, one thing that I think I've said before, but we'll say again, if you're not a child of God, you know, then this these Why I Believe series probably don't apply to you a lot because you don't really you don't believe. And so it don't really need a born-again experience first. You don't have a uh, reason to on why you believe it because you don't believe it. But if you are concerned about serving God and living for God, then uh, these will apply to you. And it's important to have your convictions. I'm going to start us off here this morning, and then I'll pass it over to Austin. Um, I want to read a scripture real quick. We'll just ping pong from there. Yeah, we'll go back and forth (laughs) for a little while. I want to uh, read you a scripture, a very familiar scripture. You know, preachers say that a lot. A very Brother familiar Gabbard scripture. Brother used to say, the, or still says, the whole Bible ought to be yeah. familiar. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's right. But this is in the book of Hebrews, chapter number 11. And, of course, that is the faith chapter. And a lot of people call it the hall of faith. But Hebrews 11, and verse 24. And the Bible said, By faith Moses, when he was come to years, Refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. What a powerful scripture that is there, and and even the scriptures on down says choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. For he had respect unto the recompense of the re- of the reward. I tell you, he had some convictions about him. Moses was raised up by a good mother, a godly mother, and she taught him from a youth that he was a Hebrew, that he was not an Egyptian, but he was a Hebrew. He was a child of Jehovah. And Moses grew up inside of Pharaoh's house, Brother Austin, inside of uh, just complete evil. And he grew up with convictions right inside of a place like that. 
because of the teachings that he had and because something got down in his heart as well. And so he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Now, I love that. I love the way the Bible says that, that Moses refused. I tell you what, in this day and hour that we're living in, if we're going to live for God, if we're going to make it, there's going to be some things that we're just simply going to have to refuse to do. We're going to have to simply just stand up and tell the devil no, and tell the world no, and to get some convictions for ourselves. Not for anybody else, not because the pastor said, just, but not just because the pastor said it, I should say. Um, we need to do things because the pastor says it. Brother uh, Benny Sutherland, I believe it was him that he, he said before, and maybe multiple times would say uh, if your pastor preaches on drinking coffee out of a tin can don't drink coffee out of a tin can and so we, we need to uh, have some convictions though and get them for ourselves get them deep down in our hearts for ourselves but here Moses refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter I tell you there's just some things that I absolutely refuse to do and one of those is I refuse to give up my convictions now I've been raised in this way my whole life my dad's been a pastor uh, well he's been a preacher my whole life and he's been a pastor most of the part of my life and uh, so I was raised up in it and so that you know this is how I know to live this is the way I've been taught but I don't live this way now because dad says to you know I'm almost 30 years old and I don't live this way now just because it's the way I grew up but I got some convictions for myself well, I tell you, Brother Zach, this is a topic that definitely needs addressed, having convictions. And uh, it brings me back to there's a man in our church, Brother Asel Evans, um, one of the oldest members in our church. And years ago, there was a billboard company that came to his land. He's got a pretty good spot there for lots of traffic. You know, they could see a billboard real easy. And uh, they came to his land and said, we want to put a, a billboard on your property, and we'll pay you every month. And, you know, to... You know, most everybody, they're like, well, free yep. money. You know, you ain't got to build it. You ain't got to put it there. They just put a billboard there, free money every month. And Brother Asel is a man of strong convictions. Yes, he is. And Brother Asel asked him this, and I dare say a lot of people wouldn't even think about it. And Brother Asel said, can I control what goes on the billboard, seeing how it's my property? And they said, no, sir, you cannot. We'll put yep, on it whatever. What asked we'll put on there whatever you know we're going to put on there and he said sorry you can't have my land for your billboard you know why because that man had convictions yes he did and uh, it didn't matter how much the money was i don't know what it was it don't matter if it was a million dollars it didn't matter if it was two dollars right. i mean it was he had convictions yes and so that's what we're going to talk about here today christians are supposed to have convictions matthew 5 and 14 through 16 says ye are the light of the world a city that is set on a hill that cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. And so the Bible says, Ye are the light of the world. And so if we're the light of the world, then we need to be a light. We need to have convictions. And the quest or the statement after that is we must learn to handle our candle. Right. We must learn to handle our candle, to handle it correctly. And by doing that, that means we need to have convictions. Christians need convictions. There are some things, like you said, I refuse. I refuse. There are some things we just are not going to do 
because we love God. Right. There's some things we're not going to do because God said not to. We want to be holy. We want to live holy. We want to stay holy. And you know what? This goes against the grain. We've talked a lot about the flesh. It goes against the flesh. Well, you know what? I can't help it. The truth is, you're not going to hear Joel Osteen preach about having convictions. No. <laughs> you're not going to hear, you know, that that's against. You know, they want to preach, you can, this is your best life now. Well, I'll tell you right now, if this is my best life now, that ain't very that ain't very good. No. I'm looking forward to a better life. Right. I'm looking forward to a life Not very promising of the future. Exactly. No cancer, no heartache, no pain. I'm looking to a life with Jesus after a while. We will reign with him for eternity. Right. I'm, this ain't my best life. If this is your best life right now, you, you, you might not be saved. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we're looking for a better life. And so, you know, they're not going to tell you the truth. They're just itching for a big crowd and money. They're not going to tell you the truth. And the truth is, you need to have convictions. Right. Well, the Bible says in Philippians chapter 2, and this is a verse that um, people, that they use a lot when they don't want convictions and when they don't want standards in their life. And, you know, standard is, is a word that uh, is, is taboo among maybe the more worldly crowds or, or people that uh, don't really love holiness. But I tell you what. Um, you got to have them. You got to have standards. And I don't worship standards. You know, we don't worship standards. And I know there's more to this than just standards, but standards are not optional. Uh, convictions are not optional. And you, you've got to live according to God's standards and according to God's word and have convictions of your own. But the scripture that I was referring to, a lot of people try to use it when they don't want to live right. And they'll say, the, the scriptures work out your own soul salvation in Philippians 2 and they'll say well I'm just going to work out my own soul salvation but they don't finish the verse and the, the rest of it says work out your own soul salvation with fear and trembling and so you, you work out your own soul salvation with fear and trembling you got to have those personal convictions and you know personal convictions um, are not always something and most of the time are not something that is spelled out in the Bible it's not something that's black and white maybe in the Word of God and something that uh, we teach as a heaven or hell issue or that we read in the Bible as a heaven or hell issue but a personal conviction is something that Christians ought to have when they get in their prayer closet and they pray through on something uh, when it, and it's just them and God you know something that God deals with you on something that God deals with your heart about um, I don't know if you had this in, in mind or not but when dad was younger my dad was younger he was reading the comic sections in the papers and the Lord dealt with him not to read those and so dad never has read them you know ever since then and I didn't read them because dad didn't read them I you know I never did hardly read them I may have read them a few times but I always I never would read them because be dad because I've read because them. dad <laughs> talked about it but that was his conviction right and uh, and come to find out some of the some of the older people there at his home church there at Flatwoods the the old saints they didn't read them and so but God gave that to him and that was a, a conviction that he had and so you need some personal convictions yeah, some are different depending on right. who you are and yep. some if it's a personal conviction it'll be a sin for you to do it yeah but it might not be for your brother right yeah you and so you've got to have that and and you need that so you know and and the key is you need to get in prayer 
and get a hold of God and, and find out what God wants you to do with your life. Um, I think of some of the Old Testament examples that we have, like Daniel. Man, Daniel absolutely refused, didn't he? Him and the three Hebrew children, they went over there in Babylon, and they just absolutely refused to bow down to the image. They refused to eat the king's meat. They refused to act like a Babylonian. They were children of God. They were Hebrews, and they were not about to pervert themselves with the ungodly meat um, that they had in the king's house. Daniel said, we're not going to eat that. We're not going to bow. And they tried to assimilate them uh, with the with the rest of the Babylonians there, they tried, They changed their names. They taught them the new language. They, they tried to do everything in the world. And I tell you, it sounds a lot like what people do today with all the new versions of the Bible. It sounds like a little bit like we're living in Babylon in right. today's day and time. We've got the NIV, the NKJV, the NLT, and whatever other acronym. The ABC. Whatever <laughs> other one you want, they're out there. The Bible bookstores now yeah. are filled with them. Your Bible can say anything you want it to. Yeah, you can get a Bible that says anything or don't say a lot of things yeah, and they take it the out. Key. And so sometimes it does feel like we're living in Babylon. Sometimes it feels like we're in Caesar's house, if you will. The book of Philippians ends with Paul talking about those that are in Caesar's house salute you. And so one thing that I want to mention here real quick and before I give it back here um, is that you can live the lie of the devil, especially to our young people, is that you cannot live in today's world and hold to your convictions. Right. That you're going to have to give up your convictions at some point in time in order not to uh, not to be out in left field or to stay relevant. For one thing, you don't need to stay relevant. You don't have to be relevant. No. And I, I tell you, I, it's I feel very religion. That's right. And I feel uh, very strong about this subject. And I want to tell especially the young people, you. <laughs> don't ever, ever be ashamed for what you believe in. Right. Don't ever be ashamed for standing up for God and standing up for holiness and staying true to your convictions. You know, a conviction is something you'll die for. Yep. A conviction is something you will die with. Um, convictions are not only when it's convenient. A lot of times people have convictions as long as it's convenient. Yeah. They'll live it as long as they're not on vacation. You know, when they Ooh. go on vacation, convictions go out the door. But convictions yeah. are convictions. That's something that's in your heart. Yeah. I was at work right. one time. Amen, and, Corner. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Amen. I was at work, and they wanted me to train this young lady that was not much younger than I was. And uh, it was only going to be, they was wanting to put her in my office. And it's just going to be me and her. Well, I, I've never had done that yeah you know, we, we've always taught chaperones and I, I never will go to lunch with a lady um, you know obviously this is not something that people that's listening to this podcast uh, would think is strange but the world thinks it's strange yeah like Mike Pence man they about ate Mike Pence a lot yeah they did but I respected him greatly for that but they wanted me to train would, this young lady go ahead I want to say because he wouldn't eat lunch yeah or go anywhere with another woman without his wife being there yeah and so they, they really yeah. talked bad about him so they wanted this young lady to be in my office and then it would just be me and her in there well I just I would not do it and uh, I kept just putting it off and putting it off. And um, there was the only reason they wanted me to is because the lady who would train her was off that week due to COVID. And so I knew she'd be back in about another week or two. 
And so I just kept putting it off. And, and finally, my boss got really aggravated. He's like, you better get this done. And uh, I finally told him. And uh, this wasn't our first encounter. But I finally told him. I said, well, let me just tell you. I said, I, I know you probably won't understand this. And you may not know anybody like this. Because, you know, I, you know the people that he's never been saved that i know of right so he probably didn't fully understand and he's a man that you don't tell no yeah he don't <laughs> like it i said you probably won't understand this i said but i've been raised uh with convictions i've been raised in church my whole life and this is what i believe in and i just simply i'm not going to do that i said i've never been alone with another woman um and i'll, I'll not do it now and i told him um, I said I would I would just go ahead assume lose this job and go to the house before I do it, and uh, <laughs> I, he I think that took him aback. I don't think he liked it at first, but he understood what I meant when I said that because he knew I meant it. I told him I said I'll I'll take this job and I'll go to the house before I break my conviction because I felt that strong about yeah. it, and uh, you know he respected that later on. He he respected it, and I'll tell another encounter a little bit later. But you've got to have convictions, yes. even when it's not convenient. Convictions are something that you die with. That's exactly right. Convictions are important, and I thought that was a wonderful. Uh, I guess would you, would you call that an exhortation? I don't know. I'm not sure. It's feeling pretty good in here. <laughs> but anyways, um, having convictions, and we talked about what are we saying. We talked about how we're acting. We talked about what we're feeling. But another question is, regarding to this Christian walk as a child of God, as far as convictions is, where are you going? Yep. Where are you going? Are you going to ball games? Are you going to bowling alleys? Are you going to movie theaters and sports events and bars and uh, you know any kind of worldly activity that has a bad and sinful environment? You know, honestly, you know, I don't see how you could convince someone that says throwing a ball into some pins is wrong. It, it, it's not the fact that, you know, bowling in itself is super worldly. It's the environment. You know, I used to right. go to bowling alleys when I was, you know, a young teenager and things. And it's not a very good environment now. You might go somewhere else like a, you know, like a, you know, I don't know, somewhere that has bowling set up or whatever. And it not be that environment. Well, by all means, grab you a ball and throw it in some pins. And mm -hmm. it, it ain't the bowling pins that we're yeah. talking about. It's the environment that we're talking about you know the loud music and the dancing and the rock and roll and the smoking and all the nonsense that goes on where are you going you right. know if the thought enters your mind that i sure hope nobody catches me here then you probably should not be there and if you're saved you'll truly want god's approval on your life and god's gonna let you know on some things if you're truly right. saved and hungry for god that convictions we're talking about, that convicting spirit, you know, not, um, you know, when a sinner comes and gets saved, you know, he feels that conviction. Well, you'll feel that conviction. Right. And God says, uh-uh, put your, you know, well, I'm tapping the table. But he says, <laughs> he puts that finger on your life and says, you shouldn't be here. And you know what sadly is, Brother Zach? Sadly is it's very common for people to be in church um, with some folks to be in church and later find out through the grapevine or whatever. You don't even have to be trying to find out. You know, they'll be um, Sunday night up in the choir and they'll be singing and worshiping and, you know, part of the youth group, part of the youth choir or whatever. And then the following Friday, you know, they'll be down at the local ball game with their face painted screaming, go cats or yeah. go whoever the team is. Yeah. Go so-and-so. And you're like, okay, what happened in the last five days? Right. Your convictions went up. Th they, they disappear. 
Yeah. And, uh, you know, sadly this happens. And you know what gets me is when people put it all over social media for everybody in the world to see. You know, you're supposed to be a Christian. You have an image of a child of God. And then you're at some unbelievably terrible place. And I'm very passionate about um, this so-called holiday of Halloween. It drives me nuts because the thing is, yeah, and I know it's too. January, or what's well, January right now? When we release this, it'll be a bit later. But on that day of October, and I'm not, we're not going to go into the whole holiday, but I will put in a plug right now for the Pod King Bible Study with Brother Donnie King. It's a podcast. You can look it up. Little orange logo there. Um, go back to his episode when he talks about Halloween back in 2021. And uh, he does an awesome job through his Bible study. Very smart. and just He does a great job. I love listening to him. And he talks about should Christians serve Halloween. And uh, he says a lot of great things. But anyways, there, there's people. You know, the Bible says to shun the very appearance of evil. That's enough for Halloween right there. That's enough. Me. I don't need a scripture that says thou shalt not partake in Halloween. Shun the very appearance of evil. If you don't think Halloween is evil, then you got to get your eyes checked. You yep. need you need glasses. You need eye transplants. You need something. Halloween is the devil's day. It's based on paganism and idol worship, and uh, you know it's unbelievable. If you if you would if you serve you know if you take part in Halloween, I should say, do you even know what it is? Do you even know what Halloween even is? Because if you really do, I don't think you'd take part in it unless you just don't care. Yeah, because it's terrible, it's unbelievable. But yet we'll have holiness folks and Christian folks that'll be on the choir one service, and then come the weekend, all of a sudden they're with the you know they're with the youth group even they're with uh, you know public school or whoever they're with they're going down to the haunted house they're taking pictures with uh, demons all painted up and putting it all over social media. And uh, they'll be doing this and doing that. And I'm like, what in the world are you doing? They'll be taking pictures at the ball game and the ball arena, you know, screaming and hollering over a ball. But they're quiet during service. And I'm like, you know, where's your heart at? The Bible says no man can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. And we must understand, in this walk of life, there's only two options. You are either a servant of God, and you're a Christian, and you're a child of God, or you're a servant of Satan. Right. There's no middle ground. There's no. There's nothing else. And you know, when you tell somebody they're a servant of Satan, boy, people get. I've told some folks mm-hmm. that. You know, they they said, no, I don't, I don't, I don't believe God. I'm, you know, I'm not saved or whatever. But you know, I'm not a servant of the devil either. Yeah, you are. Yeah. If you're not saved, you're lost. If you're not clean, you're dirty. If you're not a servant of God, you're a servant of Satan. And so on the, around this time of the Devil's Day, it just irks me. When people, and you know, I took part in Halloween when I was younger. My mom and dad, you know, I doubt they even knew what it really was. And if they did, they probably wouldn't have let me be a part of it. I mean, it's terrible. Halloween, it's unbelievable how terrible it is if you'll really study out what it is. And you, you don't want your kids to be a part of it. And then have this has nothing to even do with the evilness. Just the fact that you're taking candy from strangers is enough <laughs> for me to, not to take part of it. And I'm going to jump off my hobby horse right here. There was a hospital, I think it was in New York City around there, that they gave their x-ray machine at Halloween free for parents to come and x-ray their candy for their kids. Yeah. Boys, I just ain't taking part in it. 
Yeah. <laughs> it don't please God. And so the question is, do you really think this pleases God? To see demonic things and dark and ghosts and blood and zombies and fear and screams and skeletons and death and devils? Absolutely not. No. So we're talking about having convictions, and I don't think I finished my thought earlier. I got off on something else. But I was talking about there, what I meant to say was in the last uh, few verses there of Philippians, Paul was writing, and he said, All the saints salute you, chiefly those that are in Caesar's house. And so here Paul was writing about the saints that were in Caesar's house. Now, now this Caesar, this reigning emperor of Rome, referred to here, was a, a man by the name of Nero. And to say that Nero's household was not conducive to salvation would be an extreme understatement. Nero was a man that had little to no regard for life or for God. Uh, he was an extremely evil ruler. They say that he killed his own mother. Um, you know, he, she couldn't even gain respect from his evil hand. History also tells us that he uh, brought up, upon Christians some of the most unjust and cruel persecutions that has ever been brought upon Christians. And he was horribly uh, evil. He was a terrible man. Uh, talking about a man that hated God and hated the ways of God and hated Jesus Christ, but yet within his own court and within his own house, within the four walls of his own palace, there were numerous Christians. Now imagine giving your total allegiance to God in a household of one who demanded total allegiance from everyone in his territory to be just to him. Imagine trying to live holy in that kind of a household with who knows what ungodly acts were going on every single day and trying to stay sanctified in the middle of the devil's playground. You know, it don't seem like it would take very long for the other people and the crew, the other workers there, to figure out that you were a Christian. You know, it don't, it don't take people long. It, it don't take you uh, very long at all to be on the job or at school or wherever you're at and people to know you're different because you don't laugh at the same things they're laughing at. You don't go the same places they go. You've got convictions. And so it, I'm sure it didn't take them very long because, you know, God's ways and Caesar's ways do not coincide. You cannot live for God and live like the world at the same time. They, You know, they got this uh, phrase out in these bumper stickers that say coexist. And I tell you, you cannot coexist uh, with the world if you you are a Christian. Now, I'm not talking about you can't work and you can't go to school. I'm not talking about that. But I'm talking about you can't live holy and do the things of the world. All the you know, the, the, there has to be a separation. And so it took a backbone for those people to stand, and it took convictions for them to stand for their faith. And I tell you, it's going to take convictions for us to stand. But we can do it. You can do it. You can live for God. You can live in Caesar's house and still have the power of God and the Spirit of God. Look at Joseph. Man, Joseph had some convictions, didn't he? Tempted by the Bible, uh, or tempted, the Bible says, rather not by the Bible, the Bible says day 
by day. He was tempted day by day. It wasn't just a one-time deal. It didn't just happen one time and it was over with. But every day, yet Joseph held strong in his faith. He held strong to his convictions because it was not just something that he did while he was at daddy's house or just something he did while he was under his mom and dad's roof. But it was something down in his heart. And I tell you, if you'll purpose in your heart that you're going to take a stand for God, then God will give you supernatural strength and courage to stand for Him. We talked about the Hebrew children earlier, Austin, and they uh, they was told to eat the king's meat, and they refused to eat the king's meat. And then after all that, they promoted them, and they were set over the affairs of Babylon. Oh, Nebuchadnezzar made an image then and commanded everyone to bow after they had already refused the king's meat. They had already been uh, made rulers over, set over the affairs of Babylon. And then old Nebuchadnezzar decided he was going to set up an image, and he commanded everyone to bow. Now, how much? How how much do you think that Nebuchadnezzar? really thought that these guys were going to bow. Do you really think that he thought that they was going to bow? Surely to goodness uh, he knew better than that. But I tell you, that's just what the devil will do to you. He'll try his best to get you to conform one way or the other. He'll say, well, uh, they wouldn't eat the king's meat, but maybe they'll bow down. That's what Nebuchadnezzar said. He said, they wouldn't eat the meat, but maybe they'll bow. And maybe you wouldn't eat the king's meat, but maybe you'll bow to an idol. And uh, I've preached from this subject before and I always talk about it so maybe you wouldn't join the team but you'll go to the ball game or maybe you wouldn't cut your hair off but you'll trim it up just a little bit or maybe you won't go to the movies but you'll watch it on your phone you'll stream it on Netflix or on YouTube say amen somebody I'm preaching right now you'll <laughs> you'll do something else and that's how the devil will tempt you he'll come in and he'll tempt you with things that are not right and 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 will will shun one thing and maybe the devil says well maybe they'll do this I tell you what get you some convictions especially young people that are listening get you some convictions and die with them. Stand on them. I, I tell you, I wish uh, really um, that that our, our young people would have a, just a revival of holiness. And I know I can't get on here and be the one to uh, to do it all and to, to you know tell you how to live. And, and your pastor um, will tell you what's right. And I understand that. And I'm not trying to be the uh, police of the holiness movement here. But I just want to, you know, encourage you to have some convictions and to stand by them. I tell you, God will honor convictions. He yes. will honor that. Yes, He will. If you get you some convictions and you live by them, God will honor it. I heard a preacher say one time that God is not a respecter of persons, but He is a respecter of principles. And you go back to Cain and Abel. Man, you take that right there. And uh, Abel offered up a, a good sacrifice, and Cain offered up something that uh, you know what he was not supposed to offer up, right. and, and he knew better. He knew better yeah. than to Adam offer that. Adam had to have taught him. Yeah, that, you know God wouldn't have judged him so harshly if he didn't. He right. knew better. Yeah, and God rejected his sacrifice because he didn't have he didn't go about it the right way, and God honored the principles of Abel. He honored the convictions of Abel, and God will honor you, and God will take up for you. God will fight. For for you if you'll stand up and get some convictions about you you know like you already mentioned we're not here to toot our own horn by any means but we don't know anybody else's story but our own <laughs> and so um i was thinking back around the springtime we went to uh california back in 2021 
and uh, got it open um, some doors and we took the truck and we had a fifth wheel at the time and four kids and we packed up from eastern Kentucky we was here visiting um, we'd been gone about all year we was here visiting went all the way to California and there I'd had the opportunity to preach a fellowship revival in Idaho Mm-hmm. And uh, and so we had went up there. We was in uh, Nampa, Idaho, um, staying in a hotel. I can't remember the name of it, um, Hampton or something like that. And, uh, you know, I was just now looking it up. We were 2,034 miles away from home. Mm-hmm. 30 hours, one day and six hours, it says. 30 hours away from home, staying in a hotel. And uh, my five-year-old, my five-year-old daughter came up to me. You know, we stay in hotels pretty common. Sometimes we don't take the fifth floor or whatever. She said, "Daddy, can we please, please go swimming? Please go swimming." And it was we had just left the pasture. We went out to eat a Mexican, of course. Everybody <laughs> loves Mexican. And uh, we went out to eat a Mexican. And she said, "Let's go swimming." I said, "I'll tell you what." I said, "Daddy, will go check. And if the pool is completely empty, not mm-hmm. one soul in it, we'll go hurry up." And we'll change, and we'll go down and swim. I said, but I want to tell you something. I said, if one single person comes in this room, and it was inside, it was enclosed, you know, nobody could see us. I said, if there's one person comes in this place to swim, all of us are leaving. Yeah. And so we went in there, and they were so excited. Her and my um, my youngest or my oldest boy, um, there's nobody in there. So we went upstairs, and we just got some different clothes on. But this is why I wanted to say this: is we were two over two thousand miles from home. Nobody we hardly knew anywhere. Nobody was going to be at that hotel. Nobody had ever find out how he's dressed or anything. But we went upstairs. And every single one of us, I had pants and a long sleeve shirt on. My wife had a modest skirt on <laughs> and a long sleeve shirt on. And both of my kids, my daughter had a skirt and a t-shirt on, and my boy had pants and a t-shirt on. Yeah. And my twins, that were a year and a half old, both had pants and t-shirts on. And you may say, well, that's crazy. You're nuts. Well, I might be. But I was like, it don't matter if I'm 2,000 miles from home. I've got some convictions. Right. I'm not going to go in here and pull out a bunch of bathing suits. And you know what? Some people do that. I'm not going to go out here and mix bathe with a bunch of folks, and some churches do that. You know what? I'm just going to stand for what's right. I'm going to have some convictions. As for me and my house, right? ain't that what he said? As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Joshua said, I can't tell you what to do. He said, you'd make the decision, but I'll tell you what I'm going to do. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And so that far away... I kept my convictions. And you know what? We had a blast. Nobody came in there to swim. But it don't matter if you're on the other side of the world. You need holiness, integrity, doing right when nobody's looking. Right. There was a, a time when I was at work, and um, we used to gather early every morning in the office. And uh, one of us would go out and get breakfast. We'd all take turns. And one of us would go out and get breakfast. And, and this morning, it was my time. I was going to go out and get breakfast. And I asked everybody what they wanted. And uh, they they all gave me their orders, and I was going to run down to McDonald's. And my boss said, he, he gave me a little bit of money. He started to hand it to me. He said, here, pick me up a pack of cigarettes. And my boss is a good guy. But like I say, he's, just, he's not saved. And, uh, um, you know, I don't expect him to know everything. But he just didn't understand all the ways, you know, he'd been around. There were some people on the job there that said they were Christians and some of them were even deacons in uh, some churches around there. And they were some of the worst people. 
uh, as far as their mouths and stuff. That and so I, he gave me some money. He said, "Here, pick me up a, a pack of cigarettes." And I said, "I'm sorry, but I can't get those." And uh, man, he didn't like that. And a lot of them in the office they thought I was crazy at the time. And uh, they said, "You're going to get you're on the top of the layoff list because he he hated to be told no." And uh, he said, "You will get them." And he come and slapped that money down beside of me. And uh, I said, I, I won't get them. And so he kind of had some stern words there. And, and he thought he could. Because normally I do about everything you ask. You know, I, I try my best to work for him good. And uh, he said, you will get them. And he thought I was just being a smart aleck and just refusing to go get them just because I, I didn't want to stop in and get them, I guess. You know, I don't know. And I told him, I said, I, I cannot buy those. I said, I don't believe in that. And uh, I'm not going to buy them. And man, he got mad. I mean, he got really mad. And those, a lot of them in the office, they, they told me they said, "You've had it." And you know, I couldn't help it if I did. If it, if if I did get laid off or whatever, I couldn't help that. Yeah. And uh, I wasn't going to buy them. And so I, I got him later, and it was just me and him. And I told him, I said, "You know, I'm not. I didn't do that to be a smart aleck to you, and I didn't do that to." Um, talk down to you in front of people. I said, but when I say that I mean something, I said, I'm not like these other people, and I'm not throwing off on other people. But I said, I'm, I really mean that. I said, that's my conviction, and that's what I mean. And uh, all those people thought I was going to get laid off, and I got a raise after that. <laughs> he respected it, and he appreciated it. And uh, that's what I want to say. Young, don't believe for a minute that you cannot live for God in today's day and time. It's right. a lie from hell. It is a lie from the very pits of hell and from the devil that you cannot live for God. You don't have to backslide. You don't. You do not have to let down on your convictions and your standards. There is grace enough to make it in no matter what circumstance you're in. You can find grace. There's no society so evil. There's no job site so wicked. There's no schoolhouse so vile. There's no home that's so broken that grace cannot come in. It will come in. Grace will come. And you stand for God and you watch and see if God don't stand for you. You get some convictions. God will take care of you and your life will be blessed for it. That's exactly right. God will stand for you every time. Right. And if you'd have lost your job, I truly believe God had had another one lined up. Yeah. And, and there'd have been judgment upon him. But God's seen it. God's seen you through it right there. And I just uh, you know, appreciate a testimony like that. You can have convictions. Yes. And uh, you can. we're not touting you know, tooting our own horn. And uh, we're just, you know, we're just telling our story. You can do it right in the face of adversity. If it costs you your job, you can keep your convictions. Yeah. If it costs you, you know, a family member, you know, I'd rather have my conviction. If it costs you some friends, I'd rather have my conviction. I want God. God is what's going to keep you. Yes. Your friends and your family and your job, what is that to eternity? Right. Those are things that you see, and the Bible says those things that you see are temporal. Right. But those things which you do not see are eternal. For the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth exactly. the will of God abideth forever. And uh, I want to keep my mind right here. I want to set my affections in the right direction. Right. I want to keep my affections above. Right. And uh, I want to have convictions. That's what we're talking about. I want to have convictions. And so where you go, places that you go, you know, do you have a conviction? Did you, you know, has God dealt with you not to go to a certain place, do a certain thing? Don't do it. Right. Even if the whole crowd's doing it, don't do it. If it's a conviction, you ought to keep it. Has God dealt with you at a conviction on how to look, how to dress? 
Keep it. Right. Don't throw away your conviction because no. of peer pressure. Right. If God's dealt with you about certain things you do or say, and uh, even if God hasn't dealt with you, read the Bible. Read the Bible. There's there's con, you know there's standards that we're supposed to hold as yes. holiness folks, but we're talking about con, keep convictions. And uh, you know if you don't have any exactly personal convictions, pray and get some. Like Zach was already saying, pray and get some. But there are things that we are called to do as Christians, and we're called to live holy, be holy. We need to do that. Yes. Well, this is a holiness podcast. You know, yes. we are holiness, and we're not I'm not ashamed to tell you. I'm not afraid of it. And you know why I'm not ashamed and I'm not afraid? Like Just like we read the first scriptures about Moses, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He understood the recompense of the reward. Uh, or he had respect, I'm sorry, unto the recompense of the reward. And I, I tell you, I'm not ashamed of holiness because holiness has gave me a good life. It has gave me a good life. It's been good to me, and it's done me well. It's done good for my family. It's done good for my children. It's done good for my grandma and way back on. And I tell you, I'm not ashamed to live for God. Uh, I want to tell you real quick before we close, you know, we're living in in a, a world today that is gray. We're living in a gray world. The lines have been blurred. Yeah. Um, you know, things that used to be black and white is now gray. And when we was growing up, I mean, the preachers, oh, yeah. oh my goodness, they was black and oh, white. Oh, they preached the hide off of you. And, yeah. uh, and they still do. They're still great preachers out there. I'm not down on the holiness movement. No, and, not uh, whatsoever. I appreciate them. But I tell you, if you're a young person, we're talking about, we're talking about countrywide. You know, oh, we're yeah. not talking about just individuals. We're talking yeah. about, you know, we're talking about back in the day, Nazarenes, assemblies, yeah, Church of God. There was more. There was a lot of people that would get up and preach some holiness. Yeah, yeah. and if I was you and I'm a young person listening, I would challenge you to go back and to find out what the uh, what your grandmothers and your grandfathers and them used to preach and teach and what they used to believe i tell you if it's good enough for mamma then it's good enough for me the song said give me that old time religion give me that old time religion it's good enough for me so go search out the old path see what they was and live that way you know it it don't have to be a gray world it don't have the, the lines don't have to be blurred we can have it settled in our hearts but you know used to we used to get up and preach on tv and that was that you know that we was done yeah and uh, now there's so many other outlets but i tell you it's not it's not hard it's not really as blurred as what we try to act like it is maybe at times you know if you uh if you had never watched tv before and now you you're on there watching movies um on your phone or, or whatever you got your computers um i would challenge you to pray about that and get prayed through on that um you know we we that used to be common things that were preached yeah there was common there are core standards that has always been preached in the holiness church now you can watch stuff on your watch yeah yeah on your watch I mean, or on anything preach on television is almost irrelevant yeah but you know, like I said, there's some core things that the holiness people have always believed, and it would do all of us good to to go back to that if you're not there already. If you're listening to this and you've let up or you're not there, I tell you, go back to it. Uh, you know, I, we're, we're going to get on some holiness issues later, and uh, like I said, we're not ashamed of it, not afraid of it. And not that I think we're somebody or, you know, we're saying that boastfully, but I'm just saying that's the Word of God. It's in the yeah. Word of God. And you don't He's have to be ashamed us to be holy. of the Word of God. Yes, He has. Holiness is not a suggestion. 
No, it's not. That's the not title of a message I've got. It's not a suggestion. For in First Peter, it says, "Be holy, for I am holy." Right. Well, Austin, I think I'm I'm not done, but I'm going to quit. <laughs> we might have. We could do a part two, a part three, a part four. Uh, we could do this all night, probably. Yeah. But we talked about having convictions. Having convictions. You know, Sister Ruth Brim said something real quick. I'm going to say this and fire conference years ago and I was young and uh, she said this she said holiness is in style in heaven and it might not be in style down here and you might not look cool and you might not be cool and you might not be in the in crowd but holiness is in style in heaven and that was that is so true that's exactly right I tell you you can make it you can live for God you can come out a winner on the other side well that'll be it for the two peas on a pod podcast we're so glad that you tuned in to us today and uh, i tell you let's have convictions let's live for jesus amen let's live for jesus let's do right let's be holiness amen well we're going to get off this podcast here today we hope you enjoyed it and uh i want the vanceburg holiness choir to take us out of here on our new choir cd And uh, my wife is leading this song, and it's entitled As For Me and My House. We've already mentioned it several times here on the podcast. As for me and my house, we're going to be free. We're going to serve the Lord as the man of my house. As for me and my house, I declare we shall serve the Lord. We will see you later. And I will will lift my hands, lift my voice, declare I am free. As for me and my